Welcome to Pow Wow Life, episode 10 for August 10th, 2016. Thanks everybody for joining us again tonight. Really appreciate you being a part of the show. Looks like we've already got a great crowd coming online and we've got a really great show for you tonight. So I'm excited to do this. Um, got a really special guest. First, I want to make a couple of announcements. Um, we appreciate you all again tuning in. And please, if you uh, like the show, please go out and support the show by going to www.powwownation.com. Join our, uh, our, our thing there. You can uh, support the site, support powwows.com and bring more content like this. Um, we're also doing another giveaway tonight, we're giving away more lanyards, brand new powwow life lanyards. Can you see that? Great for the powwow, great for school starting back if the kids need to wear it at school. Just go to www.powwowlife.com slash powwowlife10 and there's a form there you can enter to win. We'll also have all the show notes there so you can uh, get links or anything we talk about tonight. You can find all those at the show. All right. Also got a really special announcement. Um, this is exciting. And I'm going to bring it up and show you all now. Let's see if I have that. Uh, well, I don't have it loaded yet. But next weekend, August 19th through the 21st, we will be streaming live from the uh, Shakopee Pow Wow up in Minnesota. So be sure to check powwows.com next weekend, August 19th through the 21st. We're going to stream live their powwow. And we're even going to go over to the Mall of America and stream live when they do some dance exhibitions there. So you don't want to miss it. It's going to be really exciting. Um, lots of great dancing and singing there. Uh, the MCs are Wallace Coffee and Ruben Littlehead. So you know it's going to be a great event. Those guys are always awesome on the mic. Um, drums, you've got Northern Cree and Iron Boy, Midnight, Young Bear, The Boys, Cree Confederation, Kozad, Young Buck, Scissortail. This is going to be a packed powwow with great dancers and singers. Don't want to miss it. Next weekend, you can see the whole thing on powwows.com. Watch the entire thing live from your from your bedroom, from your couch, um, or you know, lay in the bed in your pajamas and watch the powwow. Uh, or dance along with us in your living room. A lot of people like to do that too. Um, so, August 19th through the 21st. Also, next weekend, August 19th through the 21st, we're going to have... Um, some other stuff coming, and you'll learn more about that in a minute. Um, so I want to take a minute and say thanks to everybody. Shirley, um, appreciate you tuning in. Christina, Alice, um, Adam, Laurie, Joe. Wow, we've got a lot of you coming in. Please post your comments there. This is uh, this show's for you. You can chat with us live, and when we bring our guest on, you'll be able to ask him questions and interact with him, so that's going to be great. So speaking of... Our guest tonight is um, Adam Sings in the Timber, and if you've seen any powwow photography on Facebook, you have seen his stuff. He's super popular. His uh, his photos get shared all over the place. Um, we've shared lots of them, and people love seeing his photography. I've actually been able to shoot with him a couple times and visit with him. Fantastic photographer. Adam, welcome to the show. Not yet. We had him muted. Sorry. Check. There. Can there you hear me now? Go. We can. 
All right. Thanks so much for being on the show. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Cool. Well, um, for people who don't know you, would you mind taking a moment and introducing yourself? Uh, Yeah, I'll I'll give it a try. It's always odd for me to talk about myself, but I'll do my best. Uh, My name is Adam Sings in the Timber. I am um, Crow. I'm from Montana. Um, I recently relocated to Chicago, but, you know, I try to go back home to Montana as much as I can. Uh, You know, I'm a I'm a photojournalist. I studied photojournalism at the University of Montana. And, you know, I photograph all sorts of stuff, but my favorite thing to photograph are Native Americans. Um, and I photograph powwows, but not that often. You know, I photograph maybe two or three a year. Um, but I like to try, I, I like to work hard when I do it. So, you know, it's it's kind of what I do. But first and foremost, I'm a documentarian. I, I, uh, you know, capture for historic for history um, Native Americans alive now today. So, and your photography does have a unique look to it. Um, see, I'm gonna pull pull one up here. Um, let's see, so everybody can see it and, and kind of get a feeling just just what we're talking about here. You, it is not the average um, powwow photograph. Let's see. Pulling one up here of some young chicken dancers looks like it, up at Crow Fair. Yeah, those are those aren't chicken dancers. Those are oh, those are crow uh, dancers. Sorry. Yeah, tr- uh, crow style traditional dancers. So, yeah, that, that that's one of my favorite images. I'm looking at it right now on the little screen. Um, so that's why I'm kind of looking off. Um, yeah, you know, sometimes when I go to Crow Fair, I I use a really big strobe um, because they let me do that kind of stuff. And this was after grand entry, and they were all just kind of standing there, and they were looking up at it because they were like watching it, waiting for it to like go off and kind of blind them. So they were kind of playing with it a little and, you know, I just got a really great image of them looking up at it, but that's what they're doing. Um, and yeah, it just really shows um, our style, crow style of, of um, our, our regalia. Cool. And how did you get in? You said you went to school, but you know, how did you get interested in photography itself? Uh, you know, way back, you know, I'm, I'm a musician. I don't know if you can see the guitars behind me. Um, I'm a musician and I was just kind of wanted to do a little bit of, to, to expand my sort of artistic, um, horizon. And so my mother, um, bought me a, a, a digital camera, the, the first sort of prosumer digital SLR that the, um, it's called the digital rebel by Canon, like 10 years ago it was like six megapixels but it was like it was like the first you know it was like it was that was it and so um i just kind of started making photos and falling in love with making photos and then i was i was in school and i really hadn't decided on a major um until i talked to some journalists specifically jody rave and uh denny mcauliffe and they kind of just pushed me towards the, the journalism sort of aspect of photography so you know i was never like an art photographer or a fashion photographer so almost since the beginning it's been it's been about documentation and being a photojournalist cool um lots of people commenting how they love your work remember guys if you have some photography questions or or want to you know ask him anything post it here in the comments We're, we're reading um and for somebody out there that asked a question yes we are live so Ask anything, ask ask your photography questions or you're just general, uh, any kind of questions in general. Um, so let me show another one of your photos here. Let's see. Um, yeah, some of these, 
you capture children especially are some of my favorite ones you do um let's take a look at this one you really capture i mean that is the true spirit of this young lady it looks like <laughs> you know it, she's just bubbling there yeah, that's uh, that's my that's one of my cousin's uh, daughters. So you know, she knows me, and a lot of uh, the the people and kids know who I am. So it's not like a stranger taking their photos or making their photos. Um, so they're they're happy. Like a lot of them are just happy to have their photo taken. Um, and I photograph her all the time at the powwows. She camps right next to me, um, but that's yeah, that's up on the up on the uh, the the hill of Crow Fair, and that's. You can kind of see it, but that's a, um, a crow-style saddle, and she's on a horse, and she just got done parading. And, yeah, just, just the smiles of kids' face. And I think it's important to capture um, children, you know, um, in our regalia to, to show that that our traditions and our culture isn't, like, fading at all. It's, like, it's vibrant, and it's it's alive. For sure. And we got a couple questions. So uh, oh, yeah. somebody wants to know some of your tips for action shots. And uh, when did you start, first start getting noticed out there? Ah, when did I first start getting noticed? Huh. I'll, I'll come back to that. For action <laughs> shots, um, you know, I I just, you know, it, it's like studying uh, photography. Like like there are there are sports photographers and they, they know baseball. Like I'm going to back up a step and, 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 and say that I've been instructed and I've, I've been educated by many, many great photographers and photo editors. And that's kind of how I've developed as a photographer. It's not like, not necessarily just a, a, a born gift. It's, it's something that I've worked at and it's, it's, it's meeting the right people and having them critique my stuff um, and, and just learning from, from established and experienced photographers. And so one of the things that, that I, I did once when I was first doing as I shot a baseball game and I was sitting next to a photographer who won a Pulitzer prize like 20 years ago, um, for, for some, you know, farm stuff, but he was shooting baseball and he was just kind of talking about how you study the game, even though you don't play it, like, you know, you, you, you know what to expect. And that, that's kind of what I do you know, or what I've done. Like I've obviously, am, I've been around power dancing, all my life, you know, I was a, I was a dancer when I was really, really small, but you know, it wasn't something that I was really into, but I've always watched it. I've always seen it. And so just studying how they dance and, you know, the honor beats and when they're going to do something really fly and when they're going to like lift up their fan or something like that, you just kind of like study it and you learn when they're going to do those moves or, and then you kind of just stop the action. You just kind of, you know, it's not an easy thing. So I don't think I can just give you a tip of it, like, like to go out and make a great photo right away because it's like a learning process and you learn and you understand dancing and then you kind of can ex learn to expect when they're going to do stuff. Yeah. I, I had um, photographers that kind of taught me to said the same thing. It, a lot of people when they first start out like to just um, hold down the button, you know, that they think that's how you take action shots. And there are, that is a place for some of these football or whatever else. But most of the time you get your best shots when you can anticipate that moment and you aim for that shot instead of just spraying and praying. Um, yeah. So good. It's good stuff here. Um, Shannon Perkins wants to know what is your number one tip for new photographers? 
Oh, my number one tip for new photographers. Um, I guess just get out and shoot and, 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 and find people that are willing, that are experienced and that are willing to critique your work and to give you positive feedback. Um, because you can teach yourself, um, but it's kind of go, I think it's going to go a little slow. Um, so I think you, it's a good idea to find people who are willing to mentor you and, and, and teach you and talk about your work. Um, and, and also get you to talk about your work, you know, to explain why you made an image. Um, so I think that's, that's just the number one tip is to just get out there and shoot, uh, and, and try to have your work critiqued and reviewed and, and, and then also, you know, critique it yourself, like, like learn how to critique your own work and, and don't be kind to yourself. Um, and don't expect a photographer to be kind to you. Um, you know, you know, expect them to really, um, take apart your photos. Uh, cause that's, that's just how you learn, I think. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Um, I love watching, uh, I don't know if you watch Kelby videos, but Scott Kelby does um, some live photo reviews. And he's done that a couple times with Joe McNally. And I love watching those because Joe really talks about, you know, what he feels in an image. And just watching him review other people has been great just, yeah. you know, to try to help improve my photography. Yeah, I mean, it's it's great like getting reviewed. Um, you know, I've had I've had the, the the fortune to have like Pulitzer Prize winners review my my portfolio, and sometimes they weren't kind, and it, it wasn't because they were mean. It's just that they they wanted more from me, and right. that's that's what I need and needed, and I and I constantly need people to tell me what I need to do to try and, and be better. I mean, yeah, I want to make a great photo, and, and but at the end of the day, though, I want to document our history as Native Americans in our lives so that in a hundred years, you're not looking at um, Edward Curtis photo. You're looking at one of my photos, one of my contemporary Native photographers photos, because that's us telling our story and we've captured it. And I want it to, to like stand the test of time. So. And speaking of other great photographers, Bert Crowfoot has snuck in here and he wants to know what your favorite lens is. Oh, my favorite <laughs> lens. Well, I, I think he knows. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't know. But my favorite lens is here. I'll show it to you. My favorite lens right now is a, um, a Canon 24 millimeter. Uh, what's it called? I don't even know what it's called. A 24 millimeter f 1.4 L2. Like I like the. I, I love wide angle. So this is my favorite lens right here right now. Um, and my second favorite, I guess, would be a, a 50 millimeter L right there. That one. I love that lens. Um, in the last few years, I've, I've I've transitioned from shooting from a 24 to 70 lens to two primes. Um, one because I really didn't utilize the zoom function on my my zoom lens because I was always shooting wide to like to like basically get the whole background image. You know, I, I like to have my photos have um, like depth, like a background, a foreground, and a middle ground, and a sense of place in my images. Um, but yeah, that's my favorite photo, or that's my favorite lens right now is a 24 millimeter um, lens. It's not so wide that it kind of distorts everything, um, but yeah, it's it's my favorite. Thanks, Bert. Yeah, if anybody wants to go check out some other great powwow photography, make sure you go check out his stuff. His is, his is pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah. There's yeah, a selfie good. of us. Like, he came to Crow Fair a few years ago, and we got a, a really cool selfie together with my GoPro. Um, and oh, cool. like it, so. Yeah. Um, I just saw him recently up in Manitowabi, so uh, he's uh, he's always out there shooting. Um, Sandra's got a question about um, 
I guess the video is having trouble on her end. If you're having trouble watching the video, um, this will be archived on Facebook. You can watch it again later. It'll be on our podcast feed if you want to go out and subscribe to it on iTunes or Stitcher, and we'll upload it to YouTube. So if you can't watch it now, um, lots of ways to catch it later. Um, all right, let's take a look at another one of your photos, and if you want to tell us um, the story behind it. This, I've always wanted, <laughs> selfishly, I want to hear the story on this photo photograph. Can you see that yeah. one? It's the, yeah, the, I see yeah. that one. Yeah, that's a cool one. Um, you know, it, it sometimes it's really, really hot at Crow Fair, and sometimes it rains. And I was at camp, um, and it was starting to rain, and I just walked out, you know, like 20 feet away from my my um, my teepee, because I, I sleep in a teepee, of course, when I go to Crow Fair, because that's how we roll. Um, and I just, I was like, hey, there's lightning. So I just set up my, my camera, and I didn't have, like, a timer or anything, so I just kept using a long shutter and just constantly until I got an image and I was lucky enough to catch that one. I even got that one on my GoPro. Um, it's really cool. But yeah, that's how I made it. It's just, you know, being in the right place at the right time. Um, it wasn't raining too hard, so I didn't have to worry about about my um, gear getting too wet. But that's, that's just kind of being there in the right place at the right time and and kind of knowing my gear, like, you know, how, how to set a long, long enough exposure and just trying to get lucky so you know i've had that same kind of experience with some some photography and people afterwards would say you know wow you got really lucky with that shot but it's more than just luck sometimes it's like you said it's knowing your gear knowing where to set up when to set up and anticipating that shot and, and putting yourself in a place to quote get lucky um you know, you had to, yes, you had to have the right conditions. You had to be there right at that moment, but you would put in the years of work so that when that, when that moment happened, you were there to capture it. Um, so I don't, it, it, it is lucky, but there's a lot of work that goes into it too. Yeah. I've got another example up here. And one of the things you, you mentioned this, but one of the things I really like about your photography is you do tell a story. Um, you know, we can see here that this is taking place in the arena. We get a kind of sense of what's going on and that special little moment between these two. Yeah. Um, well, that's my cousin, Mary, not afraid. I'm, I'm a sings in the timber, but I'm also a not afraid on my father's side. So that's my cousin and her daughter. And they were participating in a mother daughter dance. And so, you know, a mother, a mother and a daughter or daughters, I think there might've been one woman with two, two daughters and they just, they, they dance and they try to dance, you know, synchronized i guess and so that that's what that was and they were in between in between songs and you know i happened to be right there and i, I had a flash i i don't really normally shoot with the flat like an on-camera flash but i had it and i had it on there and so i just saw that and you know i was just prepared again luck a little bit but also being prepared and, and like observing and kind of knowing a little bit about who they are and, and just um you know, waiting for it. And yeah. Yeah. Great photo. Uh, got another question. Um, so I was wanting to know, do you have any long-term projects going on? Oh, I do. I do. I, in fact, I, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I've edited and I've worked on a, a photo book documenting my tribe. Um, and it's something I started in college for a, a documentary photo class. And, you know, I just kept adding to it because I go home and I photograph and I photograph and it, that it's been kind of on the back burner for a little while just because it, I, it, I need to add um, more to it. But I've, I've also 
been really thinking about making a, a book of crow fair photos and i and i started the editing process like four months ago like compiling all my crow fair images into one spot and um just going through them and, and over the last 12 years 13 years since i started photographing crow fair i think i've got between 30 or and 40,000 images that I've made at Crow Fair. And so, you know, I've whittled it down to like three or 4,000. And then I just got to <laughs> whittle that down until I get to, you know, a, a nice number, like, you know, 100, 200, that, that'll be a book, you know. Um, within it, I'll write about it and I'll talk about each photo that I've made. Because, you know, all my favorite photos, I, I know I can remember kind of what I was doing and, and what I felt when I made the photo. Um, so that's kind of what I'm working on right now. Is, is compiling like a like a book, a photo book somehow. And then the next step will be trying to publish it. I don't know, I've never done that before. So that'll be a learning process, but just I'll have, you know, a photo book of Crow Fair images. Awesome. Uh, Shannon Perkins asking some questions about shooting outside in the dark, any recommended settings. And you know, she also wants to know, you know, if you have a particular camera you would recommend for beginners. Oh, you know, um, Shooting in the dark, I guess I just use a, a, a lens with a really big aperture, like my 24 millimeter. Um, and then, you know, if there are lights, like there are at Crow Fair, you know, sometimes I'll use a flash. And, and sometimes I'll try to get like a, a gel on my flash to kind of match the color of, of the arena lights, um, just so that it doesn't look so, so different and contrasty. But, you know, try to, you know, get a camera with, with a nice, um, excuse me, a nice ISO setting like that. It still looks good at like 3,200 if you want to shoot at night. Um, but, you know, use a fast lens. And by fast, I do mean one with a big aperture like my F1.4 and my 50 millimeter, 50 millimeter F1.2. Um, I see your question. I'm trying to look at it. Uh, what was the other part of that question? A uh, uh, canner for camera for beginners oh yeah you know um i was having this conversation a little bit with my cousin and also my friend shane who is um from rocky boy because you know i have friends who ask me and i you know i i try to tell them to uh to uh you know get a camera that you can manually set basically you can manually set the aperture the shutter the iso and, and also manually focus um because you know it, it'll help you learn but you know, one camera that I really love and that actually Bert Crowfoot um, kind of suggested because he was kind of pushing towards it, and not this particular camera, but the brand and the kind, is this cute little Olympus, um, what's it called? An OMD EM5 Mark II. And I love this little thing. Like, And I think this is great for, for a beginner. And they, they make, you know, a lower end model um, for four or $500. Um, and I can't remember what I paid for this one, um, but it was it was nowhere near what I paid for my my big 5D. Um, and I got this for a couple of reasons. I got this one um, one because it's so small. And I don't know if any of you know know much about me, but I'm a part time photographer, and but I'm a full time stay at home dad. And you know I, I love obviously I love my kids, and I love ha taking pictures of my kids. And this fits really well in my diaper bag. Like it's so small, it's so tiny and it's not heavy. Um, so when I got, you know, their juices and their food and, and everything they need, this fits really well in it. And it's really a great camera. Like, you know, I don't want to like sell it over too much, but the reasons that I like this camera are one, 
is a small size. Two, that it's also Wi-Fi enabled, so I can, one, control it from my phone and, and pull images for, off of it onto my phone. But also, because this cool little LCD thing right here, and it flips in, and I can't see what I'm shooting. So it, um, it, it stops me from, from chimping, if you guys know what that means. It's like a, like a chimpanzee, and you're like looking, I guess. I don't know. But it's called chimping, where you take a picture, and you look at it, and then you might miss something going on because you're looking at what you just made. Um, so this is how I shoot this camera, and I love it. I love shooting like this, and I don't use it. And a lot of times, I'll shoot like completely manual with this. But this is the kind of camera I would suggest. It's fairly inexpensive. Um, and I like shooting with um, prime lenses, you know, like this is this is lens comes off. It's little, it's small because um, it's it's kind of a challenge, you know, like for me, I don't want the camera to do the work. I want to do the work because personally, it makes me feel good about what I've done. So, you know, I, I get a prime lens and if I want to get closer, I have physically have to get closer. And if I need to, oh, it's my kid's bedtime. Anyways, so then... <laughs> They're at the park right now. They're cool. So, you know, I, I, I like it. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that's going to be kind of hard to learn on. Not kind of hard to learn on, but it'll be, it won't be easy to learn on because you're doing the work. You're really learning your aperture setting, your shutter speed, your ISO, and, and, and how to make the best of a one focal length lens. So, you know, something like this, like an Olympus or a small Fuji, um, something that you can adjust manually. You know, that, that's what I would suggest for a beginning photographer. Yeah, and you know, going back to what you were saying about the, your 50, um, if anybody out there has a DSLR, Canon or Nikon, Sony, whatever, you can find 50 millimeters with a 1.8. You know, when, when you start getting to 1.2, it's a little more expensive, but the 1.8s are pretty inexpensive as far as big aperture lenses usually go. You were talking about your 24 to 70. That's not a cheap um, lens with the big aperture, but the 50 is a pretty uh, easy one to get into um, when you're looking to do that, and it, it'll take you a long way. Yeah, you know the thing with with lenses too is, and this is what I, I try to tell people who ask me is, is you want to invest more in your lenses than you do in your bodies because these the my my Canon lenses will you know outlast this body. You know this isn't this is a 5D Mark II that I shoot with. Um, and I'll be getting a new body here, hopefully soon. I'll, hopefully I'll get the new Canon Mark IV or whatever it's going to be called. Um, but I'll still have the lenses and I won't have to worry about that. And, you know, the lens on this one is, is a really nice lens too. So even if I upgrade, you know, or even if I had a not as good body, I would still have the, the lens because in the end, I think your photos are only going to be as good as the glass that the light goes through. So if it's like a, a cheaper you know, less well-made piece of glass, your images aren't going to be as nice. Like the moment will be obviously the same. It'll be a great moment, but the, um, the light itself won't be as good. And so, you know, if you, if you have to, to skimp, I think, you know, and this is just my opinion, if you have to skimp, you skimp on the body and you pay more for better glass. Totally agreed. Um, all right, so we've hinted around a little bit at Crow Fair. It's coming up soon. Why don't you get, tell everybody a little bit about Crow Fair? And uh, I know you're going to be up there shooting. So tell us, you know, how we can watch you and uh, how we can find your photos, those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I'm Crow, obviously. Can't tell you <laughs> enough <laughs> that I'm Crow. <laughs> um, and I've gone, you know, I've gone to Crow Fair all of my life, which is almost 
it's between 30, it's, it's more than 30, less than 40 years that I've gone to Crow Fair. Um, and for me, it's, it's not just a powwow, you know, it's not just a, something like that. It, it's for me, it's really is a family reunion. And I go and I, I see my family that I haven't seen, you know, sometimes all year since the last Crow Fair. And that's what it is for me. Um, but then I also get to photograph what I think are some are the most beautiful people in the world. Um, my, my people, the crow people, and our style, you know, like we have our own dance that everyone dances, crow hop. So, you know, we, and it, you know, they call it TP capital of the world, TP capital of the world. And um, sorry, I didn't want to mumble that. Um, Cause there are so many teepees and the camp is so huge. And it's, you know, I've gotten lost when I was younger, you know, I got lost because there's so many teepees and it all looks the same. Um, but I, I love it. You know, there's, there's nothing that for me that beats it. So if there's something going on during Crow Fair, I'm, I'm probably not going to go, you know, like I, I would love to go this, to the Santa Fe Indian market someday, but if it's during Crow Fair, I'm probably not going to go. Um, and, oh yeah, that's a cool image. Yeah. That's, that's 10 feet from my camp again. You know, it's, that's the cool thing is like, you can just go 10 feet from my camp and make really sweet images and, I tend to get up really early in the morning at Crow Fair because there's what we call, we have the camp crier. I don't know if anyone knows what that is, but it's basically um, a man on loudspeakers driving around camp telling everyone to wake up like six o'clock, seven o'clock in the morning. And people have gone to bed like two or three hours before that. Um, But so I get up early and I go and I find lights and I find, you know, teepees like that. And yeah, that's that's just one of the beautiful things about Crow Fair is just, you know, the culture or our culture is so rich and, and so like it's still there. So, um, yeah. Cool. And uh, we'll be we'll be putting in some of your photos up uh, during the weekend. So if anybody wants to follow along, um, make sure you check out powwows.com as well as uh, Facebook and all the social media as well. well. We'll link to everything he posts. Yeah, I'll be on, you know, Instagram, you know, I have my Instagram page and my Facebook page. And then I think I'll, I'll send you some, I'll send you stuff and, you know, it'll be on both of our, our stuff so that people can yeah. see it. And, you know, the tribe, the, the, the Crow Fair board is really excited this year that, that I'll be posting uh, um, on powwows.com and I'll be streaming on powwows.com. So they're, they're really excited to, to know that it'll be a part of it because, you know, there's so many of your fans that, that will get to see it now. And so, yeah, they're really, they're really into it. So. Yeah, this is uh, Crow Fair is one of those things that's on my bucket list. It, like you said, it's it is more than a powwow. I've heard about it for years. I'm gonna get up there maybe next year. Um, couldn't work it out this year, but yeah, that's it's just uh, seeing the pictures. It's so amazing. I, I I've got to get up there. Um, and there's from what I understand, there's so much going on that the, you don't even have to go to the powwow to have an incredible experience up there. Oh yeah, you know I had an aunt. I think last year or the year before that, I think she didn't even go to the arbor because she was at camp, like making food and beading and fixing regalia. Like she just never went. And, and by I'm sorry, the arbor is basically where everyone dances. And um, you know, like some of the things that happen at Crow Fair, I'll try to go through them, and I'll probably miss some. But there's the All Indian Rodeo, um, where you know all in you know native americans i guess not just crows they they take part in like a three-day rodeo so that's part of it um there's obviously the dancing that goes on all day and then on friday saturday and sunday is a parade 
of you know of crows on horseback in our in regalia so you know it's like that image of uh of that little girl she she was you know part of the the uh the parade um so there's there's that there's the dancing and you know when people aren't dancing there's it goes along the the little big horn so there's swimming in the little big horn and there's always horses walking um and there's you know just just so much to see of, of our culture that it, there's just it's just awesome i think and yeah that that's a cool image i love that you know um I, you know there there that's always kind of a thing you know like like people who obviously aren't veterans or elders that that wear um war bonnets but in my tribe and i and i have to tell this a lot is that in my tribe that's acceptable it's one of the ways that we keep our traditions alive so you know and and you know he's not playing anything like that's his regalia and so it's part of how we teach our generations is by allowing them to wear war bonnets and you know there's there's the war bonnet dance that where women wear war bonnets and and i, I think i sent you an image where the women are, are wearing um war bonnets and you know we talk about that a lot and so you know some tribes women can't wear them children can't wear them but in my tribe yeah women and children wear them but only for special occasions yeah and i'm pulling that image up now and um I, while it's coming up bobby ann old crow says thanks for always taking pictures of her dad during crow fair <laughs> you're welcome you're welcome uh, i think we're facebook friends so yeah yeah you know it's it's cool it's like one of the things about being a crow photographer and knowing so many crows is i'll post a photo and you know a few minutes later I, w I won't have known who that person is, but someone will know that person and they'll let me know who they are. And so, you know, then it becomes, it does, it's not just native boy or native woman does this, does such and such, then I can change it to and give it a name to the face. And so that it kind of doesn't just make them a generic native, I guess, you know, it just it gives them a name, um, which is something that I, I, I like. I think is important for future generations is to know who we are as a people. Yeah, you know, I'm, it's, it is really important that, you, that we document these things. And, and I, I like that that is part of your mission as a photographer. Um, and, you know, we got a lot of people still asking questions. I appreciate everybody. It, really enjoy the support. Please take a moment. We, I mean, getting some really cool information, great tips here on photography take a moment everybody and share the video out with your friends let's see if we can get more people on here and to learn more about this photography and crow fair and and about the crow people um and we'll show a couple more photos here and i'm enjoying those stories let's see here's another one again talking about the women wearing the war bonnets uh yeah yeah that's um and you know i don't know the story behind this dance i've tried to find out but you know, and it, it, it's a dance that it doesn't happen every year, you know, it happens once in a while. And so it, it's hard to, for me to like find out about it. And I've asked, but when they do it, it's great. And it's kind of in the middle of the day when there's hardly anyone there. Like you can see the stands aren't really full because it's, it's after, it, it's like before the dinner break. And so it, it's really much, it was really much um, for us, like as our cultural traditions, cultural tradition, because there are some powwows that um that uh they're more you know i don't want to say it but they're a little more touristy um but our powwow um and a lot of powwows out west 
have are very much like for us as a people. And so this is one of those sort of ceremonies that happened during Crow Fair. And, um, you know, it was, it was really cool to see, you know, because it wasn't for everyone. It was like for us as crows and also as, you know, the other tribes. So I think it comes from an, another tribe too. So it's not like a crow thing. I think it's, I can't remember which other tribe that we might have gotten it from or borrowed it from. But, you know, so it's, it's but it is very much like a, a tribal thing for us. And so we were, you know, trying to, um, you know, just keep it alive and, and have it as part of, as part of Crow Fair. Yeah. One of the things that I'm very fortunate is I get to travel around some of the powwows for powwows.com. And I always enjoy going to the, the powwows where they show some of not just powwow dances, but the local dances from that particular tribe. Um, I get to go out to Morongo and I love getting to see the bird dancing and bird singing out there because that's not something that travels around the powwow circuit. So, you know, I'll encourage people if you go to Crow Fair, if you go to Morongo or these other places, make sure you even Seminole down in Florida, make sure you, you know, stay um, in between the breaks. They'll bring out um, whatever that, it, not all powwows, but they'll bring out some of these local traditions. Um, so that's a really a cool thing to be able to see and, and get a little bit more taste of, of that local culture. Yeah, you know, oh, and, and one thing that um, I just found out too is that the Crow Fair board has invited and will have some Oneida smoke dancers performing oh, at cool. Crow Fair. So, yeah, so and, and they do that on occasion where they invite other tribes to come and, and showcase their, their culture. So it's not just, you know, it's not just a crow thing, you know. And, and you know, because those smoke dancers, they rock. Like, I don't know <laughs> if any of you have, have seen some of my slow-mo videos. I know some people don't like my slow-mo videos, but uh, but um, I think they're, they're awesome. Like, because they're going so fast, like the, the smoke dancers. Um, and when I, you know, I, I like to see it slowed down because that, I don't ever see it that way. But, um, but yeah, so they're going to have smoke dancers this year at Crow Fair. And I think that's going to be awesome to see because I love watching the smoke dancers, but then I would love watching them in very, in a very tribal place like Crow Fair in the Arbor. That's going to be great. Um, so I'm going to show an image here. And another thing that I've always loved about your photography is your use of light. Um, and outdoor powwows, I think sometimes people, um, or outdoor any kind of photography, people have a challenge with working with the sun. Can you give some tips on how you work with light? I mean, and I think this is a great example of how you have used the, the sun to your advantage. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I just, sometimes you just see it. Like, like I, 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 again, that's, I think that's a really wide angle lens. It's like a 16 to 35. I don't have it. Um, anymore, but that's the lens that I used. And for me, I, I'm able to get really close up and look in there. And and yeah, like that's that sunset. Um, the the sun is just coming over the arbor. If you can like see in the background, there's like the shading, and that goes all the way around the camp. And so like there's there's parts where it's just starting to 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 go low, and and just you know trying to see the sun. Um, and you know it's just being in the right spot at the right time. Um, but then also knowing where I'm, I should be. So I'm always like in that little area where the sun is going to kind of be not to my back, but like to my left shoulder almost. Um, so that I'm kind of looking at it, you know, like it's like an off camera flash almost, you know, off to the left a little bit. And so that, that's how I, I like to use the sun. Um, when I'm at Crow Fair and I'm at a powwow, I was like evening stuff like that. 
Um, and then, yeah, during the day, sometimes like that, like the, the photo that you showed of, of the uh, crow style boys, um, you know, I, I used a, a, a pow powerful enough um, strobe to sort of overpower the sun. So then the sun kind of becomes sort of a, not like a, like a rim light sort of, or, or um, a backlight kind of thing. So it's not, it's, it's not a key light. It's more like a fill light. And, and so that's what I like to do because, you know, shooting um, noonday light um, with the sun, that, that's tough, you know, it's tough to do. So if you can, you know, so I've been experimenting the last few years of using a really strong strobe um, to try and overpower the sun a little bit. And it's not easy, obviously, and it's, it, but, but sometimes it works. Um, and then you got stuff like that, you know, you just, you, you know, find, find um, where the sun is coming through and just, you know, using, using it like that. And that, that's, that's kind of a, a pretty hard edit. You know, I shoot in raw mode. Um, and if anyone knows photography, like our, our eyes see like a, a wider dynamic range of, of shadow and light. And so, you know, like when I think make the photo, he's, he, like his face is really dark, but it's not what I saw. What I saw is, is that. And so then I try to bring up what I actually saw. Um, cause I, I try not to Photoshop too much, you know, cause ethically as a journalist, we don't want to Photoshop and distort the truth, you know, at all. And so I try not to distort the truth in, in what I see, but yeah, something like that, you know, just, you just look for it, you, you know, you just like try to think outside the box and look for things like that with the sun. So. Cool. Um, all right. So it, I think I think we've answered everybody's questions. Um, I'm, I'm, I want to go get my camera now and go shoot some. Um, I'm excited. Uh, always inspirational to talk to you. Um, any other last tips or, or, you know, suggestions for these new photographers out here or experienced photographers? Yeah. You know, um, uh, you know, like, there's there's a certain powwow etiquette I think um, when it comes to, to making photos at a powwow. Uh, one thing that I try to do, and, and that's like not get in the way of the people who are watching behind me, because I'm 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 going to be in front. Like I'm going to be in front of everybody, like all the spectators. But I also don't want to like block them. I don't want to to block what they're seeing. And I've heard that a lot. Like like you know like I've people have thanked me for not standing in front of them but for trying to get small and, and, you know, out of the way so people can watch the dancing. Cause most of the people that are there, almost everyone's there is to watch the dancing. They don't want to see a photographer in a big old lens. So sometimes there's a spot for photographers, but if there's not, and you have to stand in front, you know, don't get in the way of people that are watching. Um, Cause some of them, yeah, they might be tourists, but for the most part, they're probably natives and they're here to, to just experience it. And you don't want to kind of, disrespect them by not allowing them to see dancing so yes yeah, so, you know try to try to be kind of like a fly on the wall i guess you know try not to be seen um and there are times you know when when you when i don't photograph like like uh like when they're giving an invocation like a prayer um i i don't photograph it uh because it's just respectful for me um to listen um for that moment where they're kind of like trying, they're giving blessings and they're, they're praying for people. Um, so I don't photograph anything. Um, and then obviously when uh, Eagle Feather drops, don't photograph that, you know, and, and, but they'll always tell you like, like if you're photographing, 
and an eagle feather, they'll like come out and they'll tell you to stop. But you know, beforehand, it's best. It's good to know these things. You know, and uh, the one thing that that I think for me and for for uh, us as native people, when non-natives photograph us, is we want to see the images. You know, we want to see what you've made of us because you know that's us. That's that's our people. Um, and so fortunately, I'm part of the community, I'm native, and so they all get to see mine. But I don't want to say it's rare, but it's almost rare that I'll ever see most of the photographers that come to Crow Fair and we'll see their images, you know? Like they come in and they make the images for themselves, you know, and they don't share with the people. Um, and I think that's really important to to give back, you know, not to just come into our communities um, and just take images and then go and then pad your portfolio um, and, and try to get famous by that. I think it's important to to share the images you've made with the people you made. And I, I, I can do that and I do that by, by posting and people in my tribe and other natives know and so they can see it. And you know, and sometimes they tag themselves and they use them as profile photos, which I think is cool. Like I, I, I like seeing my friends and their profile is, is one of the images that I made of them. You know, I think it's cool. And so if I can stress that, if, if you're a photographer and you go to a powwow, in any way you can try to share what you've made with the people that you've made it of. Um, it's just a respectful thing. And, you know, it's just what we want, I guess, what we like. Very well said. Very well said. Um, and you're right. A lot of people do take the images and it is almost like just taking something and leaving without it. Um, now with the, with social media and other sites, it is so easy to share. So uh, it's it's not like, you know, you're taking a roll of film and developing it and there isn't a way to share. It's very easy. Send them to me. I'll put them out there. Yeah. Um, but with Flickr or, or Facebook or Instagram, yeah, share your photos. Um, and it is, like you said, it's it's documenting these things, and, it, and it's the way to preserve and uh, continue the culture. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's really important. And oh, and also, you know, watermark your photos, though, you know, so people know who made them. You know, watermark it, you know, so that they're not, you know, so obviously they're going to be taken by other pages and, and shared, and there's nothing that we can do to stop it, really. You know, we can ask, and we can hope that people are respectful that they don't take our photos. But watermark your stuff so people know who made that and – so that, yeah, so there's that documentation of the photographer. Um, so yeah, watermark your stuff, protect, protect your, your, your stuff, but also share it with the people that, that you're making the images of. Because you'll see my name, Sings in the Timber on everything, right? Because like yep. it doesn't go out unless it says Sings in the Timber, so. And you know, for people out there, like you said, they're using these as your Facebook images or, or sharing them on Instagram, whatever. Um, I think both of us do encourage, take our photos and share them, that's what we, that's why we're putting them out there. But when you do that, I know for me, I always ask, and I think you do too, is credit the photographer, um, no matter who it is. Give credit where credit is due. Don't cut off the watermark. I, I get a lot of people that do that with mine. Um, but, you know, if you're going to share the photo, share share the credit too. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Credit, you know, I mean, if, if you can't do anything else, just give them credit, you know, give them a link back to their pages, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you know, whatever, give, give them a credit, you know, cause they're sharing their work too. So yeah. Yeah. Very much. 
Well, Adam, thanks again so much. Oh, yeah. um, great stuff. Um, really appreciate it. And looking forward to seeing what, you, uh, what you're going to do next weekend. Uh, it's going to be exciting to watch. I'll be there one day with you, hopefully soon. Cool, cool. <laughs> Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, it's great. So. Thanks so much. Uh, appreciate it, and we will see you soon. All right, everybody. All right. Thanks. Yep. Thank you. Thanks. All right, everybody. Thanks again for supporting the show and being with us tonight. Um, another great episode. Um, Adam just gave a class there on photography. So I hope you learned something and I hope you'll be inspired to go out and take some photos at your local powwow or, you know, just take it to the park with your kids. Take the camera with you. Um, make good images and share them with your family and with your friends. Uh, again, I'm Paul Gatter with powwows.com. Thanks so much for everybody supporting. I ask if you enjoy the show, um, please share it, uh, subscribe to it in iTunes, um, and uh, if you want to go even further and help us continue to produce this kind of content, please go to www.powwownation.com. For all the show notes and to enter to win the lanyard we're going to give away, Powwow Life, uh, go to www.powwows.com slash powwowlife10, the number 10. And you can enter to win there and get all the show notes. Uh, we'll have all the photos that Adam discussed tonight there, links to his website, um, and you can rewatch the show there. Thanks, everybody. Again, I appreciate all the support. Uh, lots going on on powwows.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook or subscribe to the newsletter to find out what all is going on. Thanks so much, everybody, and we will see you down the trail. Good luck. Here's this week's trivia question. You can head over to powwowlife.com to fill out the form and submit your answer. All the right answers are entered into a drawing for a 10-sticker powwows.com sticker pack. Here's the question. This year, we are celebrating a big milestone. We have been live streaming for a number of years. So tell me, what year was the first year we streamed and what was the first powwow we streamed? If you've been listening or following our content, you should be able to find it. Good luck. Powwowlife.com to submit your answer. What was the first powwow and what year did we first live stream? Good luck and thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week.